Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear. And uh, I have to admit, I, I wasn't expecting to do this type of podcast 48 hours after the Arizona-Texas Tech game. Uh, I mentioned on the podcast before the game, the game preview, that I did think there was a possibility Arizona could win. I, I thought that, generally speaking, uh, Texas Tech was being overrated by the Arizona fans, and um, I, I think we saw a little bit of that. But with that being said, uh, that was a, a pretty dominating game. I, I know Arizona won by 14. That's not a ton of points. It's two touchdowns, which is nice and all. But if if you go back and watch that game, um, I rewatched that game on Sunday, and there was never a point rewatching it where I said to myself, man, this looks like Texas Tech is the better team. Uh, it's similar in the opposite way of the Hawaii game. Like I never watched the Arizona-Hawaii game and thought Arizona was the better team because I thought Arizona played poorly. But I'm not sure if Arizona and Texas Tech played 10 times how many times Texas Tech would win. Like I think Arizona would win the majority of those games. Um Huge win. I think that's the first thing to get out of the way before we get to the, the overall analysis of what we saw in the actual game. That is a very, very big win for the program, for Kevin Sumlin, Marcel Yates, Nomazoni, everybody, really, uh, for a few reasons. I mean, you know, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, if Arizona loses that game, the whole idea of going to a bowl is completely gone. It is not happening. There is no bowl game. Arizona's not going to win enough games to make a bowl. The trajectory of the program, if Arizona was to lose to Texas Tech, and really if Arizona was supposed to lose to Texas Tech in the way that most people thought they would, I saw a lot of blowout predictions uh, on the internet and message boards, things like that. Texas Tech writers thought that they would walk in there and and beat Arizona pretty handily. Um, But I, I think the overall program would have been going in the wrong direction. Uh, so that that game was a big one for me, and and obviously you know it, you can make the argument that each game is is as big as the next. So you know I'll probably be on here next week saying that the UCLA game is a big game, and it is. But um, that UCLA game wouldn't be big if Arizona had not beaten Texas Tech. And so um, you know if we're handing out game balls, uh, I think the coaching staff, the team overall. I mean, there's there's so many different areas. Uh, to choose from in terms of who was really impressive. But uh, I think overall, uh, it can't be understated. I know it's not a Rolls Bowl, and, and maybe I'm sounding like <laughs> like it is one, but uh, I don't think it can be understated how important it was for Arizona to win this football game. Um, I didn't think Arizona would win. I picked Texas Tech by four points, I think, um, in a completely different game than it wound up being. But, uh, you know, it, it what happened was we, we had reported previously that after the, the Hawaii game, things weren't very good uh, off the field. In, in practice, the team wasn't getting along great. Um, there were some issues off the field with, with guys not really getting along, coaches and players not really getting along. After the NAU game with all the penalties, Kevin Sumlin basically sat the team down and said, look, things change right now. And, uh, and credit to him for doing that. And basically what we had heard happen is Kevin Sumlin was a lot more strict in practice. Guys couldn't get away with certain things that they were allowed to get away with before. And that's why in that post-game speech of the video going around with Sumlin, he says, remember how we got here. Remember the attitude, the preparation, etc. That got us here. Because the overall attitude of the coaching staff and the team 
completely changed after the NAU game. Uh, credit to someone, credit to the players for, for doing it because a lot of the players weren't getting along on the defensive side of the ball. There was some selfishness, and maybe that pops up again this season, but maybe these guys watched what happened against Texas Tech and say to themselves, hey, you know, this is a, this is a good feeling. Let's, let's keep it going. Um, so, you know, kind of diving into the game more specifically, I'd be remiss to not start this thing uh, by talking about Marcel Yates. Uh, I, I, at one time, was, was probably the leader of the Arizona should not have Marcel Yates on its coaching staff uh, fan club. Uh, and I had a lot of questions. There were reporters out of Phoenix. There were reporters out of Tucson saying, if Arizona let up X amount of points to Texas Tech, would Marcel Yates be the defensive coordinator going into the UCLA game with the bye week and all that? Uh, Marcel Yates' response is to call probably the best game that he's called, uh, that I can remember at least, at Arizona. Um, you know, I, I made a, a big deal out of Texas Tech offensive coordinator David Yost. I, I think he's a very good coordinator. You watched that game, and uh, he coached the crap. Marcel Yates coached the crap out of David Yost. There's absolutely no denying that Yates, uh, especially on second viewing, you really see it, Yates completely fooled Texas Tech uh, defensively. And, and there were a few things that he did. Uh, you know, we've all said, man, Marcel Yates needs to rush four guys. Well, he didn't really rush four guys. They rushed three, they played three linebackers, and they went with a 3-3-5 for a good portion of that game. A uh, few differences, though. Number one, a lot of it was disguised. So it would look like Arizona was blitzing, and instead they would drop back into zone. There were a few plays where Bowman, uh, a good example of that, Bowman had the pass that was tipped by Jace Whitaker, where he was kind of mad he didn't get the interception, even though it was a difficult play to make. That was because they dropped into zone after showing blitz, and they did that quite a bit. And then other times it would look like they were man and they dropped into zone. Other times they looked like it was zone, they were going to man. Other times it looked like they weren't rushing at all, and before you knew it, they were rushing five guys. Um, I'm not sure where these disguises have been, but there's absolutely no doubt that Marcel Yates really disguised the heck out of that defense and, and, and fooled Texas Tech. The The scheme itself wasn't that much different than what Arizona's been running. Um, the, the, you know, there, there were some pluses to it, obviously, some, some small changes, uh, but it wasn't really completely different than what we've seen from Marcel Yates in the past. Uh, when you when you look at personnel on the defensive side of the ball, there were a few things that I liked. I, I'm a big fan of true freshman Kyan Barnes. Um, you know the, the way that Arizona got him is kind of crazy. He he qualified really late in the process. His school, a uh, uh, JUCO actually, I believe, had a had a showcase and Barnes. Um, was a guy in high school that wasn't committed, and they invited him out to the showcase because Demetrius Martin was going there. Martin sees him. Bars played really well at the showcase. He calls up Sumlin, Iona, etc. They say, sure, offer the kid, and they get him really late in the process. And now he's playing as a true freshman, and he's a guy where, you know, I don't know if he'll start next year, but he's going to start at Arizona at some point in his career. Um, he, he is really good. He pursues well. He's a guy where... When you look at what Arizona and Kevin Sumlin specifically wants to do with this defense, Bars is a guy that really sticks out. He's going to make mistakes. He's a true freshman, um, so it's inevitable that there's going to be some rough patches against NAU. There were a few where he just didn't control his gap or stayed in his lane at all. But against, uh, against Texas Tech, he was great. Uh, one thing I also liked is Jace Whitaker. 
moving to the slot. Someone had mentioned that they were confident enough in Bobby Wolf or Christian Roland Wallace to, to do that. They did it against Texas Tech with Roland Wallace getting the majority of the time, uh, and it was a genius move. What they did is they, pro- they, they pretty much said, all right, uh, Lorenzo Burns is, you know, we're going to put him on an island with TJ Vasher. We're going to put him in some zone as well, and, and we have to contain him. And I'll get to Burns in a minute. Um, and then they said that Roland Wallace will be on the other outside position. But our goal is to put Whitaker in the slot, all right, and, and say he needs to shut down Dalton Rigdon. He needs to shut down that slot guy, that safety valve for Alan Bowman that he likes to go to so much. And Dalton Rigdon uh, couldn't do anything. Uh, I mean, Jace Whitaker made him a, a complete non-factor. Rigdon had three catches for 19 yards. Uh, one of them was a 10-yard catch, so those other two catches went for a combined nine yards. Uh, basically, a, a who cares type of game. And, and so they basically they said, all right, Vasher's going to get his, probably. He's a big dude. Uh, McLean Mannix, let's let's trust Christian Roland Wallace on him, uh, and, and then kind of work away uh, around. And so Christian Roland Wallace deserves a lot of credit as well. But Jace Whitaker, to me, what he did was, was fantastic. I mean, he was all over the place. Uh, and he, to me, you could tell that he was kind of the leader. And he only finished with three tackles. He had two pass breakups. He'd be like, all right, that's a solid game. But that's one of those games where the overall impact of what he did on the field was considerably more uh, than what we saw in the box score. Uh, Lorenzo Burns, the other corner, that was the best game that I've seen him play since arriving at Arizona. Uh, he's a guy where... Uh, he, he had a good amount of interceptions a few seasons ago, and then Arizona kind of switched things up in scheme. It didn't really fit in well. He had a rough year with injuries last year. Um, some people were really hard on him. He's been very good these first three games. Uh, and, and TJ Vasher, there's no doubt in my mind that that kid's playing in the NFL. I mean, he's like 6'6". Uh, Sumlin and I described him in the, in the same way. Uh, no deep analysis there. He's a big dude. Like that's that's what he is. He is an NFL big dude. And six catches for ninety six yards. He had that diving ridiculous catch uh, on on the play that Arizona's defense thought was dead. But other than that, he he didn't do a whole lot. And, and Lorenzo Burns was left on an island with them, and uh, and more than held his own. And I think that that was one of the difference in the games was those corners. Believe it or not, with how much Arizona's passing defense had struggled up until this game, a lot of that was the safeties, lack of pass rush, etc. Um, but but those corners uh, in that secondary, Whitaker, Roland Wallace, Burns, they played great. Uh, and so to me, they really took away what Alan Bowman wanted to do, what Texas Tech uh, wanted to do defensively, and uh, I'm sorry, offensively. And a lot of it also goes back to scheme and, and such in the sense where if you watch in the second half, you know, Yost, when, when I did the pregame uh, preview for the game, I mentioned that Yost, ideally, in his ideal world, wants to get a play every seven to nine seconds. There was a part in the second half where they were slowing down and Bowman was looking to the sideline for every play because that Yost wanted to see the way the defense was lining up and, and kind of check into certain things. And that completely changed what Texas Tech wanted to do offensively. And they weren't the same team. I mean, Bowman attempted 55 passing attempts and had 300 yards. That's not good. Uh, guys that attempt 55 uh, passes, if you look at Washington State when they do it, you should have four or 500 yards. And, and so these are 10-yard patterns. These are five-yard patterns. And Arizona didn't really care about that. Um, credit to Bowman because it appears that he's out for, for two months when Tony Fields uh, kind of ran him over. Um, but, you know, tough kid. But he, he was overmatched this game. Uh, I think Arizona knew what he was going to do and really made his life difficult. And 
one of the criticisms that I haven't agreed with, with with Texas Tech is I don't think they ran the ball enough. I mean, you're talking 55 pass attempts to 25 running attempts. And, and on the ground, they did all right, four yards a carry. Uh, Shine had 13 carries, 71 yards. Henry had four carries, 22 yards. Uh, kind of a weird game plan because Arizona was, I don't want to say Arizona was giving him the run, but it was obvious what they wanted to do. And, and instead of getting them and running certain things to get Arizona's defense out of their formation, Texas Tech played right into it. And, uh, you know, if we're giving game balls on the defensive side of the ball, I guess kind of going through players, uh, the linebacker crew was awesome. And, and it's real simple. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's it's about getting your best players on the field. You can draw up all the schemes you want, all the plans, we want to do this and that. But at the end of the day, you can't do what you want to do um, without getting your best guy uh, on the field. And, and so Tony Fields, Colin Schooler, Anthony Pandy, those guys combined for uh, for 24 of Arizona's 57 sacks. Pandy had the big interception. Colin Schooler, one and a half tackles for loss. Fields was absolutely everywhere and had the big hit that got Bowman uncomfortable and wound up putting him out for a few months, even though he came back in the game. And uh, I, I don't see a scenario, I don't care who Arizona's facing, where Marcel Yates, Kevin Sumlin, etc., can feel comfortable not having those three guys on the field at the same time. I just think that Arizona's defense is so much better when they have Anthony Pandy on the field as a pass rusher, when Schooler has more freedom. And maybe things change against certain power teams or whatever it may be, but um, to me, you know, when I just look at what Arizona was able to do defensively, I can't find a scenario where I'm okay with Field Schooler or Pandy not being on the field at the same time. Certain packages, sure, I get it, but those guys, when they're on the field together for the majority of the game, Arizona's defense uh, is just better. And um, it, it just goes back to personnel. Uh, again, you know, I'm looking at the, the box score. Whitaker being on the field and pass coverage allows Scotty Young to go down into the box where he excels. Uh, he, he played clearly his best game in an Arizona uniform uh, this season. Six tackles, the tackle for loss, the pass breakup, the the play where he absolutely annihilated the Texas Tech wide receiver. And, and the reason he was able to do that was because he was able to go into the box because Whitaker was dropping down into coverage. Um, defensive line, it, it's weird because uh, they, technically I, there were no QB hurries. Um, I, I'm not sure I agree with, with those stats. I thought I, I saw uh, a few QB hurries. But Arizona didn't finish with any sacks. And yet I think that was the best game the defensive line has played. And, and Sumlin mentioned it after the game as well because Bowman was not comfortable. He had to get out of that pocket. Uh, Trevon Mason had the big play with the tackle for loss on the run. That was clearly his best game of the season. Jalen Harris had the huge play on the fake field goal, which I thought was clearly the, the worst call of the game. Uh, Matt Wells, his offense was struggling, got to get points. This guy goes for a fake field goal, and obviously Arizona had seen it on tape or something because uh, Jalen Harris was probably smiling when he went and, and made that tackle uh, because he, he was just right there. I mean, Arizona was all over it. Miles Tapasoa. Uh, had two tackles, but when he was in there, he was absolutely great. The thing with him is conditioning. He only played two or three series. Once his conditioning goes up, he'll play more. Fenton Connolly uh, was solid as well. And, and so Arizona's defense all around to me, um, it, just really good. Uh, I mean, there, there's no pickiness about it. There's no nitpicking. This was a very good defensive performance and one that Arizona just deserves a, a lot of credit for. Marcel Yates, I've been as hard on him as anybody Kudos to him. 
Uh, I mean, he really deserves the week, the bye week, etc. He deserves plenty of praise. Uh, you know, I'm not sitting here saying sign the guy to an extension or anything like that. I'm saying that for this week, Marcel Yates did, did a hell of a job and deserves a ton of credit, even from uh, his most vocal haters, because his game plan was absolutely fantastic. And, and to me, it comes back to finding the right players to put on the field, um, and, and that's exactly what he was able to do. I mean, Texas Tech, this vaunted offense that everyone's scared about, dropping 60, 55 points, whatever, scored 14 points. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and really, it's not even the points. I mean, it's everything. The, the first downs, Arizona had more first downs. The rushing, Arizona had more rushing. Uh, Arizona had less passing, but on 30 less attempts and still finished with more offensive yards on four more plays. Uh, I mean, there were 164 plays ran in this game, which is nice and all. Um, but, you know, Arizona looked like the vaunted offense, and maybe we weren't paying enough attention to that uh, pregame. Moving on, speaking of that offense, uh, <laughs> kind of a, I, I got a lot to say for this game. <laughs> it's one of those, I, I told you guys that if Arizona lost, I don't know how much I'd have to say except for the future of the program. And, uh, you know, if Arizona lost to NEU, I said I wouldn't even have a podcast. But it, it's nice being on and doing one of these after a win against a decent opponent. I don't know how good Texas Tech will be this year, but I, I think we can make the argument it, it's a decent opponent. Um, offensively, where to start? You know, I, I think that the, my wife is asking me to start with Gary Brightwell because her favorite number is 23. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it goes beyond uh, her favorite number. That guy is an NFL running back. You know, he only averaged four yards a carry, which in college is spectacular. But what he was able to do at the end of the game uh, on those two drives where Arizona basically said, hey, Texas Tech, it's us, Arizona. We're giving the ball to Gary Brightwell now. Heads up. And Texas Tech couldn't do anything with it. I mean, he was a man. He's the fastest guy on the team, uh, according to, to numerous people. He finished with two touchdowns. He had that big run on that drive. He, he is a beast. And, you know, we've made a lot about the rushing attack of Arizona. Think about it this way. J.J. Taylor uh, had 11 carries for 40 yards, got rolled up. I, I think he'll be fine. I don't have an official diagnosis, but I, it didn't seem serious. He got rolled up, went in for another play or two, and then went out the rest of the game. But he goes out. Your number one back, arguably top two back, three back in the Pac-12. He goes out. You put in Gary Brightwell, who does great. You put in Bam Smith, a guy that really didn't have offers from anyone. Nine carries, 65 yards, had that huge 40-yard run late in the game that, that helped seal the deal. Okay, so they went to two backs. They didn't give Michael Wiley more than two carries. They didn't give Tilford any carries. And yet if they did, you would you would have been fine with it because the depth at running back uh, is just, it's insane. And, and the best runner of the night was, was Khalil Tate in um, that 84-yard run, which I'll get to in a minute. But, you know, Arizona's rushing attack, uh, you know, credit Noel Mazzoni for, for basically saying, look, uh, we could pass it, and, and maybe we'd have success with the short passes, the swing passes, etc. that Mazzoni likes to run. But this team can't stop us. And, and after the game, you know, I, I was in the elevator at whatever it is, midnight, with, with an ESPN camera guy, and uh, he was saying that late in the game, they were telling the other cameras and certain cameras to zoom in on the Texas Tech defenders because they were huffing and puffing. And he said that we knew as cameramen when we zoomed in that those guys were done. 
they were exhausted and that they weren't going to stop Arizona because Arizona had taken their energy. Arizona was the more conditioned team. Um, you could see Texas Tech guys falling like flies. I mean, they were dropping left and right. There were five, six guys it felt like that got injured in Arizona What was sitting there perfectly comfortable. And it comes down to conditioning. And a lot of times you get that with teams that kind of face junk the first two games and or whatever it is and face a good team. And there's a big difference in pace and quality and stuff like that. But uh, Arizona is a very well-conditioned team. I mean, they still had to go 99 yards as an offense also, and uh, they just beat Texas Tech down. And I think Matt Wells, the Texas Tech coach, said it best that Arizona imposed its will, and and that's tough to swallow for Tech, but that's what that was. That was Arizona saying, we're doing this, come and stop it, and and Texas Tech couldn't stop it uh, at all. Couldn't stop it on the 99-yard drive, couldn't stop it when Arizona was up two touchdowns and wanted to run out the clock. I I mean, uh, it was just unreal what uh, what Arizona's rushing game what was able to do and a lot of that uh, was it actually started earlier in the game and uh, I mentioned this in the pregame uh, podcast and in the preview that Keith Patterson Texas Tech's defensive coordinator who's overrated as heck um, if he's even overrated he to my opinion he's not a great defensive coordinator he runs that super overly aggressive defense and Basically, uh, you know, I imagine he was going to run blitz and, and force Khalil to throw the ball. Well, what happened was, Nomazoni recognized this. The blitzes were working, and so Mazzoni calls a QB run on a counter, and the the Texas Tech linebacker takes the wrong angle, takes the wrong direction, and Khalil Tate basically jogs. It uh, looked like he was jogging for an 84-yard touchdown. When Keith Patterson calls that play, and Arizona countered it with the counter with the counter on the Khalil Tate run that was game and and I know and what I mean by that is Keith Patterson's defense was done because there was nothing else like the blitzing was gone because what happened was on that blitz is once Khalil Tate breaks the first level he's gone I mean there's no one there because Patterson just blitzed everyone and so now all of a sudden you have a less aggressive defense which may sound good because of the way Arizona runs its offense, but the problem is that you're having a less aggressive defense, and Texas Tech isn't used to running that. Uh, Keith Patterson had to take Texas Tech and pull it out of the defensive alignment that it usually runs. And what happens then is now you're asking your defenders, similar to what Texas Tech did offensively with slowing everything down, now you're asking your defenders to run stuff different than what its normal uh, defense is. And I thought that that run, to me, completely changed the game. And again, credit to Mazzoni because that was in the game plan. They they went out, and Khalil Tate said that we felt that was going to be an X factor after the game, that I was going to go and have designed runs. And I know people are probably screaming at the game, where was this all year, last year, where was this in the first two games? Who cares? It, it was here for Texas Tech. They called designed runs, and now... UCLA, the other opponents, etc., that watch tape are probably saying, crap, now we got to worry that Khalil Tate is back to his running ways. He had 17 carries, 145 yards. Uh, he was good. I mean, it was the Khalil Tate of old. That 84-yard run was the Khalil Tate of old. That's that's what we're used to seeing under Rich Rodriguez. And maybe he doesn't run 17 times a game against UCLA or, or Colorado or whatever it may be, but now you have to plan for it, and Arizona's offense is even better uh, than it was before. His passing game wasn't great. I'm not going to pretend like he had a great passing game. Uh, he made some very bad mistakes in the first half. Running out of bounds, taking the nine-yard loss was awful. 
the interception at the end of the first half may have been worse. He ran out of bounds a few times in the second half. Noel Mazzoni basically said, all right, we're, we're going to run. Um, they, they passed th- four times, I think. Tay completed three of them. Uh, didn't have any picks. Didn't have any touchdowns either, but he did exactly what the coaches want him to do. And maybe that's what Khalil Tate needs to be, more of a game planner and a guy that takes off running. Maybe he's not going to make uh, the throws that you would normally see from a top-notch quarterback, but his legs make up for it, or at least they should make up for it. And he's 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 not there with his decision-making yet. I think that there was a few instances, though, where he was. Uh, you know, there's a play on, on third down where he waited a little bit and, and wound up throwing it for, for a first down to, uh, to Drew Dixon, uh, I believe it was, on a little uh, five-yard play. Or no, on, on the 10-yard pass, I'm sorry. Uh, and it was a big play. And normally, Khalil Tate would have taken off and ran. And if he would have taken off and ran there, uh, he wouldn't have had the first down. And so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of... He's a frustrating player because you're going to get the negatives with him, but then you're going to get the plays like the 84-yard run where there's no one else in the country right now that could do that, and maybe Jalen Hurts. But, uh, you know, that 84-yard run was him jogging. Uh, I mean, it didn't look like he was sprinting at all, and, and he's a guy where he's not your pocket-passing, prototypical six foot five. He's not Grant Gunnell, basically. Um, and that's not an insult to Grant Cannell. I think Grant Cannell, you know how I feel about him. He's going to be awesome. Um, it, it's just that they're different quarterbacks. That's that's how they are. Um, quarterbacks are different. And Khalil Tate's not going to be that guy that sits in the pocket and throws. Um, you know, he, he's at his best when the play breaks down and he throws deep. And um, he, he's not great at reading defenses, but he seems to, to make up for it. And I thought that his second-half performance, once he was able to settle down, was fine. And and he was fine, generally speaking. I don't think it was an awful game. Um, wasn't a great game, but I don't think it was as awful as, as some people are making it out to be. But uh, it, it, it's an interesting deal on, on offense for Arizona moving forward because you want them to run the ball, but also, I mean, Khalil's going to get his plays in. And, and I'm really curious to see how much of the offensive strategy was tech was what they were giving defensively uh, as opposed to uh, what Arizona was doing as well in, in the sense where, uh, you know, is Arizona going to run something similar um, to what they did against Texas Tech? Or is it going to be uh, a bit different? Is it going to be something different that maybe uh, they'll, they'll switch it up in the future in future games? So I'm really curious to see how that play out plays out. Um, the offensive line. Obviously, none of that rushing happens without the offensive line, and it was a weird game. I, I thought the pass protection was great. Uh, Matt Wells had a funny quote about Khalil Tate combing his hair back there and it being a seven-on-seven game for him, and he's right. I mean, the pass the pass protection was uh, was just fine. I think Tech had two sacks, and one of them was uh, Khalil Tate's fault, I believe, maybe even both of them, uh, where he just didn't get rid of the ball when, when he could have, but... Uh, the offensive line was fantastic, and any time you could put together the the scoring drives that Arizona had, um, you're I mean you're just you take a look uh, seven plays seventy five yards, uh, fourteen plays eighty seven yards, thirteen plays ninety nine yards. Um, it, it's just. Uh, even on the, the, the three-play 87 that ended in the Khalil Tate 84-yard run, that doesn't happen unless your line is, is blocking. And I thought the line started off uh, a, a bit slowly, 
but in, late in that game, in the fourth quarter, to be able to put a 14-play, 87-yard drive that took six minutes, a 13-play, 99-yard drive that took seven minutes, that's domination. And, and really, that O-line, I mean, it, it, it's it's crazy. I've said it before. It's crazy, the success that Arizona's O-line I mean, it, it should be a national story because when you take a look at it, Arizona had Jim Mahalchuk under Rich. The offensive line was dominant. Arizona had Joe Gilbert under Sumlin first year. Offensive line was dominant. Arizona has a new offensive line coach this year, Kyle DeFan. Uh, Arizona's offensive line is dominant. Not only is it dominant, all right, Arizona took a walk-on and put him at, at center, the hardest position or one of the hardest positions on the line. Put him at center, no drop-off. Arizona's playing a guy at right tackle who didn't play at all last year pretty much. Was out of shape, didn't have a great attitude. Edgar Barola starting now. Okay, played great. Arizona had a guy that was a walk-on at Texas A&M and transferred. Didn't really look good during camp. They put him in as a starter. Robert Congle looks great. I mean, they're just, they're plugging, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're plugging in guys because it makes it sound like the line isn't great, the personnel that they have, but they kind of are, and there's no drop-off. Uh, the offensive line is absolutely remarkable, what, what they've been able to do, and a lot of it's coaching, a lot of it's scheme, uh, a lot of it is just personnel, and really, um, it's just it's impressive stuff. Um, it, it's... It, there's almost not enough that you could say uh, about this game because Arizona played uh, so well. There are negatives. I don't want to focus on them too much, but the the punting is obviously an issue, um, or the lack of punting. Averaging 36 yards on a punt is awful, but Arizona had two punts inside the inside the 20, and so they got decent punts when they needed to. Um, you know, the, the snap on the extra point, that wasn't Haversick's fault. Uh, there was nothing that Arizona could do there or Haversick could do there. Um, it, you know, it, it just it happens, uh, I guess I should say. But uh, still no sacks. If you want to look at that as a negative, uh, so be it. I, I, like I said, though, I thought Arizona's pass rush uh, played pretty well. But overall, I think as an Arizona fan, um, you, you weren't going to get much better of a performance than what we saw um, against Texas Tech. And again, you know, we're going to talk about this game for the rest of this week. We're going to talk about it a little bit next week. And, and then UCLA comes to town. And the win over Texas Tech is great, but if they go and they lose to UCLA, um, it'll all be forgotten and, and we'll kind of just be uh, dissing them for, for losing UCLA uh, and all that. So um, either way, uh, I think that was a, a kind of where I want to leave it because I think that. Uh, it, it takes a look at mostly the positives, and, and again, good win by Arizona. We'll uh, we'll have another podcast coming up. I know people want me to take a look at football recruiting. We'll discuss that a little bit, and also get uh, get into some basketball. Next week uh, is going to be insane from a Wildcat Authority perspective. We have a, a Kevin Sumlin press conference. We have a Sean Miller press conference in Basketball Media Day. We have the Red and Blue game. We have UCLA visitors for both sports it is a fun time uh to be an arizona athletics fan so once again i i thank you for joining me for the wildcat scoop podcast and uh we'll have another one soon and it's uh it's been a good week uh to be a wildcat